Thank you for listening to Take Two Plus, the only podcast on the internet with a um, special message to the guy or girl or um, transgender, you know, fluid person who broke into my car last night. You've killed, by doing so, you have killed uh, the endangered albino baby rhinoceros that was in my trunk. And, you know, a couple days ago when I last checked, that albino was alive. Uh, and now it's dead. So whoever you are, and I know you're listening, I am going to crack the code. I'm going to figure out who you are. And if you are the Zodiac, as I suspect you are, let's just say I'm gunning for you, bud. But anyways, uh, join us as we look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of the movies while uncovering the sexy, and my goodness, sometimes slutty, um, secrets of our favorite stars. My name is Chris. And I'm Sean. And I'm Tyler. Uh, this week, gentlemen, we had the privilege of watching 2014's John Wick, The the Return of the King. He never really got anywhere, but this definitely did revive his career. There's like a Keanu renaissance going on in the past like six years since this movie. Because of this movie. You know, as a 72-year-old man, he he really looks good. <laughs> I he thought sure he was does. looking immortal. I've seen like paintings of him from the 1600s with Nicolas Cage, and I'm pretty sure they're both it, just It's vampires. the both of them, yeah. It's the yeah. both of them. It's that... Uh, while he was working on Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, he got connected with Nicolas Cage, who is, of course, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. And, uh, let's just say they suck some blood. Okay. Well, on that note, just a big shout out to this week's sponsor, fellas, because this sponsor, it really does uh, hit close to home. The fellas at Take Two Plus have shifted a little bit of their focus from the podcast world to the healthcare world. So this week, just a little plug for our new Miracle product. This is, of course, the Take Two Plus Nick Oil Ointment. Uh, this miracle cure has been known to cure the following ailments. Uh, corona, uh, sorry, it has been known um, to cure Corona, Corona 18 and 19, herpes, herpes 18 and 19, red eyes, black eyes, pink eyes, and black eyes, 18 and 19. This is uh, the miracle that you've been waiting for. I only wish that I had invented the oil uh, to save uh, my beautiful albino rhinoceros so uh, that the kids called gringo. Um, the snake oil is pure and sore the effects. Contact Take Two Plus for a full price example and try it for yourself. That's the Take Two Plus snake oil ointment and elixir. The following may contain harsh language, poorly communicated ideas, and does not reflect the opinions of iHeartRadio. And this week we looked at Keanu Reeves' triumphant return as the premier action star of the decade in 2014's, uh, don't have the title here, what's it? John Reeves. John Carter no, from Mars. Reeves Keys, part two, Jonathan. <sighs> the Matrix 4? Mm -hmm. Soon. John oh, Wick yeah. 4? Oh, soon. soon. <laughs> All right, Tyler, why don't you tell us about the game? All right, so after each choosing our three films, we're now going over one of them a week and ranking them to create a list of the top nine revenge movies. Once we have the final standings, we'll then issue points. One point for first place, two for second, three for third, and so on. Then we add up everyone's totals and the person with the lowest score wins. So if this is your pick, you should emphasize the good, while everyone else may want to focus on the flaws. This week, it's Sean's first round pick, John Wick. Sean, what's it all about? So, the story of John Wick centers on a man with very little in life worth living for. Once a former assassin, John Wick, played by Keanu Reeves, 
gave it all up for the woman of his dreams. Unfortunately, his time with her was cut short after she passes away from a prolonged illness. The only thing he has to remember her by is her one final gift, a precious young puppy named Daisy, who brings him some much needed light. But when an arrogant Russian mob leader named Yosef Tarasov, played by Alfie Allen, invades his life to rob him of his 1969 Mustang, killing his dog in the process, this legendary hitman is ready to get back into the game to avenge this wrong. Blinded by revenge, John unleashes a torrential downpour of violence and mayhem on the unsuspecting Russian mafia, including its leader, Vigo Tarasov, played by Michael Nickvist in his final role. Bum, bum, bum. In his final role, he's dead? Yeah, he died like, right after this. John Wick yeah. killed him. They actually killed him for real life in this yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. John Wick is a neo-noir action film directed by Chad Stahelski and released in 2014. It would go on to launch an entire franchise with three feature films to this point in time, two more on their way, and a television series either already in production or just waiting for this whole COVID hellstorm to finally blow over. And it'll be on the Stars Network. With who? With Keanu? No, it's not going to be on Keanu. It's actually going to be based off of the Hotel Continental. Like yeah. it's going to—I think it's probably going to be based on like random, like all those stories. different characters mixing yeah, and matching. People staying in the hotel. Hey, just maybe you see Keanu Reeves one day. We, he probably would pop up for like five seconds. I, he'll pop up in the pilot, and you'll never see yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, unless the ratings are bad, and then he's an executive producer, right? Yeah, shows up Along for five with minutes. The Longoria randomly. Did you see that on this movie? Yeah, for this movie. For, I don't yeah, know if she's the other ones, but this one. Yeah, that's really such random. a random credit. I, I think this is like her only producing credit too, from what I read. The only thing that's not like about supermodels and like Spanish attractive Rest in peace. So according to most reports. Stolsky and David Leach co-directed this film together, although only Chad was credited. Both men had spent the majority of their careers to this point in time as second unit directors and, st and stunt coordinators. They also worked with Keanu as stunt doubles for the Matrix trilogy. It was a guild ruling that took David off of the credits and, made a, and to make up for it, Chad didn't take a producing credit, even though both men took part in both roles equally. So they produced- Sorry, Sean, can I ask film. you a question about this? Is this like a legally binding document, the credit? Like, or did they still get paid the same and everything else? Um, pay is probably, pay is probably worked out beforehand. So that's probably not mm -hmm. affected, but the, the credit is a legal thing that they have to go through their guilds for to get actual credit for. No, like, but I mean, the pay is, so it's much more than simply just having your name as the credit. There's political content or whatever, like. A bit, was it just like, that the one guy's not like part of the director's guild, so he couldn't. Actually what it comes down to is, it, I, I don't know the specifics of it. All I know is that DGA, the Directors Guild of America, is very, very specific about what it takes to be ever to be able to be called the director of a film. And there's a certain level of criteria you have to meet, like these benchmarks. And if you miss in any of them, for whatever reason, they don't give it to you. So there must have been something- So you're not that, technically like, the director of that film in their eyes. In like their they don't eyes. Yeah. They don't recognize, yes. it's like, you know, United Nations and there's a, a, a a coup is like, oh, we don't recognize that leader as the as the real pre the real yeah, director. Also used sure. to, I, they don't have it anymore. Where they used to only be able to have one director credit per film. That's changed yeah. in the last the, few years. But up until recently, yeah. it was like that. Probably the Coen brothers had a lot to do with that, if I had to guess. But, yeah, because uh, if you look at early Coen brothers, I think only one of them has a. Director I think Joel Joel gets the credit most of the time. And Ethan gets really, the producer. The producer, yeah. the producing credit, yeah. Even but that did change both. at some point. I'm sure they had something. Or, and, and no one will ever know because we're not going to look into it. No, nope, not right now. <laughs> uh, so, so the two. Wait, do you have something else, Chris? I'm sorry. Do you want to add something else? Oh, Another no, question just, off of this? I one? just uh, can't wait to relive John Wick 
through your voice. And... I'm so cute. I can't. You can usually get a read on Kristen where he stands on films from his. Intro, oh yeah, it's interesting. I have that no he, idea he where he's going with this one. Yeah, I don't know either. It's interesting. This is a cliffhanger, everyone. <laughs> so the the two directors pulled largely from East Asian filmmaking to fuel their fight choreography, including anime and martial arts films. They also hired a stunt team from Hong Kong to work on the picture as well. Uh, they wanted to pay homage to films like John Woo's The Killer and Jean-Pierre Melville's Le Circle Rouge and Le Samurai, which now that I think about it, is really an accurate way to sum this movie up because it really is a combination of those two films. Like, uh, they're decidedly different from each other, like The Killer and, say, Le Samurai, whereas The Killer is definitely mostly concerned with action. Melville's films are much more cerebral and slower. But the tone and even like the color palette, this blue color palette, is something that John Wick definitely ripped right from Melville's work. Like if you've seen Blue Samurai, it looks like John Wick. Like it really does. Have you well, seen the Blue? Blue, I think actually, if I could just comment on on the blue, that was one of the things I really did like about the movie was the beginning's cold blue filter because you know it's a sterile thing. It makes you feel the sadness. And what actually makes it nice is it's juxtaposed at times uh, to Keanu Reeves' memory of uh, time with a girl. In which case, um, the filter is a very sunny yellow, and so it really like when they do those flashes, it like almost. It almost affects you for, in like a subconscious Emotionally. way. For an action film, this film is shot pretty beautifully. I gotta say, like for an action film, it's pretty good. Have you seen Have you seen Le Samurai, Chris? Have you seen that movie? Uh, no. Yeah. I'm just like I'm asking because like no honestly, the, God, the last Chris, samurai, you, the last no, samurai. No, Le, Le, Le samurai. Cruise, if you yeah. haven't seen that movie, Chris, I'm telling you, you especially would love that movie. You should watch that movie. You know what, Sean? I can't awesome. wait to like look up some movies that no one's ever heard of and then on the podcast just like hey, yeah that's not but now thanks to this podcast you know is really just good. gonna watch it for the flaws and the, everything he hates about yeah. the samurai next week. sad but true tyler yeah. who is the actor tyler's an alan renoir what's his last name alan Ren his name, his name it's not renoir it's like alan ah oh, shit but you know what awesome i was i was you know what's so funny i was i was like giving sean all this praise i'm like sean oh. you know all these movies i don't know and then and then he he got he got into his head so oh, i'm he sorry i don't remember the shooting off knowledge and he's like oh wait actually i don't even know about that i don't know what i'm talking about uh this says hey, the Tyler, lead actor was uh tom cruise and ken watanabe <laughs> thank you I knew. <laughs> it's it's alan delon delon yeah okay alan delon was pretty he was in blink 182 i think he was yeah it was yeah. his post-acting post career. Uh, so according to Keanu, he did 90% of his own stunts in this film. He spent four months learning Why did you have to write that, according to Keanu? <laughs> yeah. Well, Keanu. Because, like, like, what does that I mean? Can't, I can't prove this. What that means is Keanu Reeves will now never come on this podcast. because He spent four yeah. months. You know what? He, we have him in the green room right now, and he's putting what? his shoes back on. Yeah, we and... had him in the green room. Damn it. You just told me. Keanu. You could have told me. He spent yeah. four months learning judo as well as Japanese and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Keanu takes training for his roles very seriously. And if you've ever seen the gun training video from what I think was either John Wick 3 or 2, I can't remember which one, but one of the sequels, they'll know what I'm talking Stop about. Stop mentioning it's just like stuff you don't know what you're talking insane about. Insane video. Sean. What are we talking about? Look, look up Keanu Reeves gun training. Pretty simple. Well, it's I don't know. I'll video. be wasting my time if I don't get it right. It's either one or two. So. You know, the problem is it's like just a... too bad that as seriously as he takes his training, it's just too bad he doesn't take acting seriously. You know, oh. <laughs> now he's really leaving the green room. Did he do the same kind of training for 47 Ronin? Jacob, 
Jacob, I don't let Keanu leave. Don't let Keanu leave. <laughs> Tell him Sean's story. Tell him Sean's story. We're uh, sorry. So the, oh, shit. He's really not going to like this next one. So the death of John Wick's wife made the role very personal for Keanu, considering the death of his former girlfriend, Jennifer Syme, who died in a car accident in 2001. Syme gave birth to their child in 1999, but their child was stillborn. Syme's eventual car accident was claimed to be a result of heavy prescription medication for depression, and reports claim that she died instantly. Reportedly, Reeves used this emotional influence for the role of John Wick in regards to the character's dead wife. That's pretty rough. That's tough. Yeah, way to, way to end on a downer, Sean. Oh, I'm not done. Far from done. Oh, well, uh, okay. The... <laughs> We're going to go make it even more of a downer. <laughs> the script was originally titled Scorn and took Derek about uh, the writer. Sorry, I had his name somewhere else. I must not have put it in there. Derek Lalance or something like that. Um, uh, later. Uh, it took the writer Derek about a month to write. His main thesis Kolstad. of the film was Colstad. Derek Colstad. How a month dare to write. you interrupt Sean Tyler? He has so much important information to tell everyone. <laughs> His main thesis of the film was what would happen if the source of a man's salvation was ripped away from him? Would the gates of hell open up and pour its contents forth? That's what he said. This next time, Sean, pretend you're not reading it. I think it'd be perfect. Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna pretend I'm not writing, reading a direct quote from somebody. Sure. Also, start. You should start talking after you finish swallowing all the beer, and so you don't get that 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 sound. Snake oil. You, snake oil. Yeah. Even though I don't think anyone other than Keanu was ever really considered for this role, it's interesting to note that the role was reportedly written with Paul Newman in mind. In fact, the lead role was originally supposed to be in his 60s, yeah, and the dog guy. was supposed to be super old too. But once Keanu was interested, they, that all changed, obviously. Now, they also wrote this film after Paul Newman had died. So obviously, they weren't ever expecting him to be in it. But like the what? writer was considering They were just hoping be... that like uh, holograms would be more of a thing yeah. by the time this movie. He had no idea. He wrote this movie with no one in mind. He just he he, he just thought of Paul Newman while he was writing this movie. That does explain that all the, the perfect. It does explain all the salad dressing. Kind all of, the product placement throughout sure. the film. One la- how old was, uh, There's how a lot of zestiness and a lot of. English. I feel like the the food looks sure. a lot zestier because of all that. Probably uh, in his 40s stuff. or 50s, though. Like, so this is just going to be like another Death Wish uh, inspired. Probably it was going to be, or like a Bruce Willis Death Wish when he's in his 70s remaking yeah, Death Wish. That one. So apparently, the story is loosely inspired by an incident in Texas involving former Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell who wrote the book Lone Survivor, which the movie Lone Survivor was then based off of. Uh, It involved his team's ordeal during Operation Red Wings in Afghanistan in 2005. So when Latrell was, when when he got back home, he was given a yellow Labrador puppy whom he named Daisy, uh, like an acronym for each of the, for, for the first name of each one of his former team members, like a letter. On April 1st, 2009, at about 1 a.m., Latrell was awakened by a gunshot and saw four men drive away. Daisy was dead in his yard from a gunshot wound. He armed himself with two nine millimeter pistols. He armed himself with two nine millimeter pistols and chased the men through four counties in his truck until police apprehended them. They were later sentenced for animal cruelty. Latrell stated that I spared them because I've killed enough people already. (laughs) So I don't know if that's like really true or not, but that's what I read. So interesting. Huh. Did, did uh, Reese tell you that? Also... <laughs> Before he left. IMDB told me that, I believe. Uh, there are a lot of rumors about production of this film. One of the craziest is that Keanu learned the entire choreography of the nightclub fight sequence the day of shooting. Which, if it's true, and that's a big if, 
would be pretty insane. Most of that stuff you usually learn in pre-production or at least you get a start. Keanu Reeves is always giving credit where credit's due. Uh, in Matrix, he would always be talking about the people that would make him look good. When it came to, I think it was Reloaded, uh, he actually got everyone who made him look good a motorcycle and like just an amazing, so he really pays tribute to those people. So it's not surprising if Sean could just not interrupt me for a second, that he could learn something like that. Not only would the people around him know what to do, but they would also know how to make him look good in the process. So and he would, they would probably have a, he would probably have a, a pretty to good be head fair, start. Like, everything I've read about Keanu Reeves, he seems like probably the nicest guy on earth. Like no one says anything bad about him. Like he just seems like- You wanted to interrupt cool me dude. for that? What the f- <laughs> hey, Chris, okay, I, so, wait, Sean, before you go on, Chris, can I ask you a, a question? No! So, besides the fact that he learned the entire fight choreography from the nightclub sequence in one day, to make matters even worse, or more intense, he was suffering from 104 degree fever the entire time. Uh, that part I, I can actually kind of see, I can tell it's true, because if you watch the sequence, he's sweating like a motherfucker from the get-go in that sequence. Like his forehead it's is- It's hot in those like steamy- uh, Don, I'm always sweating, I'm always sweating and like, I'm Chris, you're dry as a, you're dry as a cucumber right now. That's because you have coronavirus, though, Chris. Oh. Thanks, Doctor. Despite the dog's vital importance as a plot starter, John Wick's co-directors were given a studio note that recommended the dog not die. Uh, the director said, <laughs> In real think, life. About, think about that for a second, and then wonder how any good movies ever get made these days. Which is pretty, it's on point. Like, I mean, That's not studio, surprising, though. Like, I, I'm not shocked at no, all. No, you know what they do at the end of like, it, it was it was touch and go there for a bit, but that's why <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he comes home and the dogs in like a little like cast on all its arms, yeah. just like, like, like the back leg kind of rickshaw thing, and, and like the thing it's, it's like the dramatic around the corner, you know. <laughs> or he wakes so up in bed with the dog, and it was a dream all along. Yeah. The doctor would be like, "Oh, that's only Brian. It was a dog's dream. That's only the entire movie." The last two things I got to say about John Wick is by the end of its run, John Wick grossed about $43 million in North America and $45 million internationally, nearly tripling its reported budget of $30 million. And just because I know you're probably wondering, John Wick 2 earned about $170 million on a $40 million budget, and John Wick 3, despite having one of the worst titles of all time with Parabellum, Earned three hundred and twenty-six million dollars on a seventy-five million dollar budget. I so think like, it might they be my are favorite just one. Banking cash. They are banking cash like crazy on this is franchise. He a, is is Keanu Reeves a producer? I'm actually not even not sure. I would I'm assume sure he, he must have be been for two and three. Yeah, two one, and three, yeah. right? And from everything I read about this first one, he's actually the one who brought in the directors and stuff. Like after they brought him the script, he's like, you know, you need to get these two directors, my action guys, yeah. like they're gonna direct the shit out of this movie. So I wouldn't be surprised if he- Well, you know what? This might be actually a nice trend for movies because if actors had a bit more of that pull because they are getting nowadays into the producing and stuff. So it, it's in the interest of the actor to look good. So it only makes sense that like, we might actually get some better movies because of this, because for no other reason that the actors just don't look like assholes in all these shitty movies all the time. Um, Keanu does not have any producer credits on John Wick. Oh, He's not an IMDb. Wow, really? What a nice guy. He, what a nice produced, guy. Has he produced anything? Yeah, like stuff you, no one's heard of, though. Hang on, did he, did he produce Face the Music? Uh, hang on. He has to have. Sean? No, don't, 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 don't say anything. Sean, did he produce Face the Music? I don't know what you're talking about. Press yes, if you think he did. 
uh, his, his last credit. It's a new is, Bill and Ted movie. The last Bill and Ted movie. Oh, have, wow. no, he did he not. have gotten a production credit? That's weird, he, eh? Like his last credit is something called Already Gone. I bet you Alex Winter got uh, a movie called Siberia. Movie called Exposed. He's like a pretty big actor to not ever produce his movies. Unless like, his I mean, IMDb is not listening, but you well, maybe he's just not, not using it as a friggin' like negotiation tool, right? Which is what every person in the world does for a sequel. Yeah. Everyone. But so the last you do, that could be helpful for John Wick movies. Though, of being like, don't pay me like five million up front. Give me like one million and the percentage of the end, and then you get. Yeah, they'll they'll never know. Million. They'll never know. Just uh, and I want merchandising rights. They'll never. Well, actors do that all the time. So the last thing I'll say about this is John Wick kills seventy-seven people in this movie. He kills a hundred and twenty-eight in Chapter Two, and ninety-four. In chapter three, you got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. One hundred and twenty-eight people in chapter two. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I seventy-seven actually, is. Crazy. I can't believe they actually all died. <laughs> all right, Chris. So why don't yes. you ask me why I chose this film? What? Fuck you, Sean. Oh, wait, I'm trying you, to what, keep what, us let me on tell track. You one cool thing that I saw about this movie. Uh, okay. well, so, because the the two guys that made it were wait, like, wait, is this guys. behind the Tyler with Tyler's? Because I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Sean. I thought you would go over this, but clearly you failed. So. Corner and all the... let's, let's do Tyler fills in the gaps of Sean's shoddy research hour. Right. No, I like that. Tyler. And now, everybody, everyone, <laughs> the moment everyone's been waiting for, the Sean uh, Tyler fills in the gaps for Sean's shoddy research. Tyler, <laughs> I like that intro. I was watching this like behind the scenes thing that two directors or two guys that uh, they were like stunt guys you said right before this yeah they were canoes in the matrix uh, yeah, stunt coordinators for the matrix so they have like this stunt company in la and to like pitch on jobs they would put together like little sequences and like film them and like cut them together so they look like actual movies and add like guns firing and like all the like actual things you would see in a movie so they make like little shorts kind of, of like this is what the fight scene will look like yeah. And that's how Keanu helped, like, get them, like, signed by the producer. Being like, look, these guys are already, like, directing action sequences. This movie is, like, 80 minutes of action. Just give them the fucking job. Yeah. You say yeah, that, that as a good idea. idea or a bad thing? I'm saying it's a cool thing. I like that they, like, basically were cutting films in order to pitch on jobs as stunt coordinators, not as directors. And then, like, they liked their stunt work so much. Would this be their, uh, their Freshmore? What is it? Their... Freshman? Yeah, their Freshman <laughs> their... I think it's their first movie. Yeah. I think Direct, it's their first directing. movie. That's directors. I mean, they've been working in films for yeah. a long time, but long. first thing, directing. I think uh, the main guy was like legitimately Keanu's stunt double, like not even the coordinator. Yeah, like, yeah. He was his stunt double on the Matrix trilogy. But I yeah. think by this point, well, yeah, he was like coordinating. The other thing they did in this movie, which is kind of cool, I didn't mention it, but like all of the uh, bad guys in the movie, they basically reused in every scene. They would like put masks on them in the first scene so you couldn't <laughs> see their that. face and shit, just because they wanted to use the best stunt people they could possibly use in every scene, right? So they just reused them. That's a smart idea, really. It's a, you know what, that, that, that's like the kind of political rhetoric you would expect to hear in um, Washington. It's like, no, no, we we wanted to reuse them because they were the best. It has nothing to do, you know, they couldn't have bought more of the best. They just wanted to reuse them <laughs> yeah. because, you know what? They are the best and it's... In the I can see what you're movie. saying. And that, saying like, we yeah, paid them for the maybe. day. God damn it, I'm getting... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get my guys. dick. Here's the thing, though. With two guys who basically just came from world stunts, I believe them when they say that because that's, that's probably exactly what they did. They knew who the best people in stunts were. And they're like, if we get these guys and we just make every fight scene with these guys, we're gonna have amazing action sequences. 
from my like l l limited involvement in seeing stunts and some of the stuff I've worked on, the stunt coordinators and companies use the same people over and over again. So like I would assume if you can get like your guys 50 days on a film instead of like five days for you, five days for you, everybody's happier. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I would say that the, uh, the action scenes, uh, you know, and it probably lends itself because of how good and, and well seasoned all the actors are and all the stuntmen, but what makes the action scenes for me is just that they're not shot or they're not cut to death. You know what I mean? It's longer cut. You can actually yeah. see about four or five moves. You can tell what's going instead on. Instead of 15 shots for one move. Hey, Sean, why don't you tell us yeah, about why you picked John Wick 2014 as your first round choice in this, the Revenge Draft 2020 Revenge Challenge you just can never get one name straight for this list, can you? All right, that's all right. So I chose this film because it has- Hey, Tyler. Hey, Chris. All right, Sean, continue. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I chose this film Hey, Chris. Did you know that Keanu Reeves is a really nice guy? Can oh, he's so that? nice. So nice. I'm so happy to just finally let I mean, the, the only one of us who told a fucking out. story about how nice Keanu Reeves is is Chris with his fucking motorcycle story. You know All what? I said is, who the I fuck cares? Nice Here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? This is like, this is, this is the only podcast, all right, guys? And, and this is what you guys don't appreciate. Is you're giving me things like that, but this is the only podcast on the internet with, a, with that special message to that guy or girl who... Stole my uh, albino rhino. <laughs> Called Gringo. What was his name again? Gringo. What was his name? Little Gringo. Gringo. Despite how surface level the majority of this film is, and it's an action film, so it definitely is, it's not a film without some depth. In fact, what it says about revenge and how it might sa uh, satiate that satisfaction for vengeance, but it comes at a cost, and that's losing your way of life. It's a powerful theme. What's more, the fact that the filmmakers managed to accomplish this with some sense of subtlety and not just banging it home is another first for the action genre. It really is. is the action is genre is never his way of life, though, or is like he getting it back? Like he's more at home. In no, this dude, he's world. losing his way. But the way he lived his life with his wife, the way he wanted to live his wife, life. Sorry, he's lost all that. He's lost it. He has. Uh, Sean's and right. Like, this is the Gone with the Wind of our generation. Oh God! This is so much better than God the Wind. Are you kidding me? It's sent the bet, set the benchmark for all. It's pretty much. Uh, it it is time. everything that they've right, done. Look, look. Combined. As you watch this film, you come to understand, without it ever even being said, that as much as this film is about John Wick getting revenge for what some men did to his dog, it's also about a man grieving his way through the loss of his wife and, in a sense, his way of life. There's a reason that the one lyric that keeps getting repeated over and over throughout the movie is, we're killing strangers so we don't kill the ones that we love. It totally emphasizes that point. Even though he's like, he made the point that everybody knows everybody in this world, so he's not really killing strangers. Oh, whatever, whatever. Six things on my list to say what I like about this film that Sean's covered, I think five and a half of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like, uh, I really do booyah, like the world in this movie, and it feels almost like a graphic novel in a good way. Uh, the way they let you know how this world works and how it. Yeah. Works. All right, so should we get into the bad stuff, guys? You want to get into yeah. it? Or should me, I go first? Let me. Uh, 
Well, I guess, Sean, what do you think is going to be the main gripes with John Wick 2014? Um, I don't know if I'm going to get into the main gripes because I honestly don't know what you guys are going to say in terms of bad stuff of this film. I did find a few things that like I'm not huge on. I usually like opening a film in like media res, but I hate, I fucking hate the way this movie opens. I hate it. I hate that it opens at the end of the film. It just takes a certain level of suspense out of the picture. And it's just it's just really hard and i don't i just i don't like the opening that was something i was going to talk if they, about if they had cut if they had cut out that opening you wouldn't lose anything yeah. you would just gain something like i don't know why they did it i don't it's know it's a little strange too like i get you wanted to get the dog at the end and that's why he's at the vet clinic and stuff and that's cute but like why do this at the beginning you could still do that yeah at the end. but then the question is also like you've established this really cool world of assassins and people for hire and you've already shown that like doctors exist in this world so why would he not just go to the doctor and get patched up for real i don't know i just i just i don't even think like what you're saying makes sense but i don't think it has anything to do with the beginning of the movie which is just like why did they do this i don't know yeah, why I they know made what you're this saying choice. Too. it's just to create I, a little bit of suspense i guess like and the question is like how did he get this way i don't know i just bought a ticket to an action movie so i suspect that he's probably gonna get his ass kicked at some point like i just I think, like i don't know why they did it i don't know why they did it it doesn't make sense I guess because then right after that, you've got like 20 minutes of not action. Like really the only You're right. Sorry. Like you're right. That's the only thing I thought of. Like the only, but like even in this like three minute sequence or whatever it is, there's no action in it. There's the idea of action. Something has happened, but there's no action in this moment. Yeah. You're just suggesting, oh, by the way, don't worry. There's going to be action in this movie. It's Keanu Reeves. It's called a character's name. It's got guns on the fucking poster. I know there's going to be action in this movie. I don't need this little opening sequence. I it's just don't great. need it. It's, it, it, I, I, it's yeah. the worst thing about the movie. Okay. Well, the we've established thing. that. We've established moving forward. Though. Okay, well, sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the dog probably would have come into the picture while his wife was still alive, but that's just a small point. I just like they chose this post posthumous like letter for dramatic. Very convenient. Effect. Very convenient. Yes. Yeah. I love it's, an, it's a dramatic. Yeah. Movie. And you know what? And I'll say it, it. That's one of the things about this movie that doesn't seem disingenuous. The kind of check mark that the, the it kind of feels like they did with him. His crying scene. His one little crying scene like, to show that he's emotional and heartbroken. And then they just get out of the way and then they just move forward to an yeah, unemotional. It's Keanu Reeves, so they should. No, but it, but it's very <laughs> obvious what they're doing, kind of thing. I do find yeah, all the stuff with the wife at the beginning very like too on the nose, like the oh, you know what's so pouring funny? rain at the I funeral as the coffin lowers in. He's looking at pictures and videos of his dead but wife. You need, like, it's but you so need, like, cliche. dude, there's no dialogue though. There's no dialogue. I know, you but do something iconic like iconic images of like these. Like that's that literally registered. the first thought that comes to your head. How do you show that someone misses their dead wife? Let uh, let's have them watch a video of her and be sad. Like, and you know what's funny is that the actual video unique. itself is like, what are you looking at? It's like kind of a creepy video. You know, like when you think about it, because you would imagine they have lots of videos but because the movie's a little bit lazy and like they literally look like uh, they spent oh you know what there's a beach out there let's just film like one, one take uh, <laughs> and i'm like what are you looking at i'm looking at you are you still record like this is a kind of a creepy uh, little video it that turns out he's yeah, just a stalker that probably had along. something to do with like bridget monahan only being in this movie for however long she was in it for and they had like one afternoon with her and we got like, half okay, a day yeah, like, I mean, that probably had something to do with that. They probably wrote those moments on the fly. And I kind of mentioned that while you were walking away. But, you know, you were gone for the moment. But that's cool. <laughs> uh, I'll never leave you again, Sean. I'll never leave you again. Bridget Monahan's the wife. Bridget Monahan. I don't really know her. The last thing I'm going to say about what I don't like about this film, and it is going to be the last thing because there's a, I, this is literally the only things I don't like about this film are these three things. I don't think the characters 
Despite the fact that they're all undeniably extremely cool or entertaining in their own right, they're not particularly deep or extremely memorable. They make sense in terms of the world that they exist in. And while you're watching the movie, they serve a purpose dramatically. But while the film is over, none of them stand out and you don't really remember them except for John Wick, who's awesome, of course. There you have it. All right, Tyler, what uh, grievances did you have with 2014 John Wick? Let me start with one that involves a story before I move into the, some other sure. stuff, because a lot of my issues is technical stuff. All right. Uh, so I'm going to start with a story one. I just find the ending of this film, like a fist fight with a middle-aged, out-of-shape dude, is very anticlimactic, considering everything we've seen John Wick do. Well, especially when it starts off with a movie where he knows he's okay, right? So it's like, okay. That's a good point, too. I, yeah, what I mentioned. I, I didn't but like, I just... Exactly. I, when you were walking away. <laughs> the whole like deal with Vigo and what makes Vigo like menacing throughout the film is that he can send a bunch of guys at you, not that he's like physically fit or super strong or like a physical threat himself. So when it's that's the final showdown, I'm just like, okay, I know John Wick's going to deal with this guy pretty quick and I don't really care. Everything yeah. else I saw before that point is way yeah. more exciting. I think they should have really left the action or like the murder and all that to just five people and just really have each one count instead of killing 30 people within two minutes in like his house and then like killing 30 people at this other like very like okay. and also I, it's like I, cgi blood and it's obvious i agree no. wait okay. there is there is there's like uh, there's hardly like very little uh, tyler's point first of all uh i agree with like Tyler's point of like, Troy, can you just repeat it quick? Cause like Chris- Basically like, my things. point is the final showdown with Vigo. Vigo himself. Yeah, has, like, so a it was, this, it was this Eastern menacing. European thing that was a trend right then, right? With the Mission Impossible movies were doing it a couple times in a row. Yeah. I don't disagree with you on that. Like, yeah, he is not nearly as intimidating as what's come before it. But I will say that Michael Nickvist, I believe that was his name, right? Yeah. He's pretty good in this movie. Like he, Oh, he does a good job. I have no problem intense. with him. I just like a Bond villain. I had the problem with the he, final yeah, showdown a, being like a fist fight between good. the two of them. His power comes from like, he's uh, like having a bunch of men underneath him that he can send like 50 guys at Totally, but like at some point, like, I don't know. Like yeah. that's just part of like, like we don't blame Bond films a lot for that trope, but it is what well, it is. Like we that's will what if we it, ever cover them on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess eventually we probably will when, yeah. one of us, when it's not our movie, right? I agree. But like, it wouldn't be exactly. He does a great job in this role. Like he doesn't I think have he, a lot to work He's good. I don't have a problem with his acting. I don't have a problem with his character. I have a problem with the final showdown okay. being. Fair enough then. Okay, fair enough. On to Chris's points. I want you, Chris, repeat um, your points again. Chris, like Chris had a what? couple there about. I have a, I have my list of things I don't like. It's Tyler's turn right now. The rest <laughs> of my issues mainly are uh, technical issues. Like I know they shot this film or a lot of these films, parts of this film they shot on anamorphic lenses which tends to make uh, the edges of your frame on anamorphic lenses are kind of soft, like intentionally, that's a look. So I get that, but there's moments, there's shots in this film that are just soft focus. A lot of wide shots are just out of focus, especially at the beginning, the first like 20 minutes stuff in the house, there's stuff that's completely soft. I, it's honestly, really distracting. I never noticed it till this go around. And then once I saw it, I noticed about <laughs> six or seven times in the film that's just soft. Was it, a, was it a shot perspective? No, it's like one of the shots when he's like burying the dog and it's like the wide shot of kind of the house oh. and him uh, covering up the dirt. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could it's it be suggested that those are like the sad moments when he's supposed to be like 
No, but like I get Furry why. That's why they shot with anamorphic lenses. I think in those scenes because you want that kind of dreamy look around the edges, but the whole thing is soft. It's really distracting once you notice it. Because then you spend half the film looking for it too. You know what I mean? It's like even You're if it's only so in there happened, a few times. But then it happened a lot more after that. Not a lot. Like I mean, I would say seven or eight times I noticed it. But that's was it? A lot was it just second film. unit stuff, Tyler? Could be. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> someone, someone with a lazy focus polar. Somebody. All right. Well, well I mean, like, well, they're just like shooting like, uh, to, like, footage, it. it's not right? actually Keanu Reeves or something in it is what you're yeah. suggesting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it is the wider stuff. A lot of it is in the early stuff, which has this, like, dreamlike look to it, which is okay. I just, it's distracting after a while. There's also a couple scenes where it's very obvious that everyone's wearing makeup to me, and I don't know if that's a <laughs> issue or a lighting issue. Like what? Is that, is that, is that the scene when they're wa the girl walks in? Um, th they're walking into the hotel? The, first, the scene? first scene I noticed it was when they walk into that bar and you first meet Winston. Uh, like Ian McShane looks like a drag queen in that first yeah. scene. He's got like eye shadow yeah. on, he's like just caked in makeup. Uh, well, so I noticed it. it, it well, are you watching a 4K television? I'm not, but that's a problem. <laughs> I didn't. I, didn't. I found it distracting actually in one scene because there's a beautiful assassin that's kind of walking past John Wick as he's checking in. And mm -hmm. they do a close. And the, here you have just a beautiful woman. And I can't help but just like think of how caked on this makeup is. Yeah. And I'm like, it was actually distracting and it, it looked awful. It, and, and then I just want to get it. She's beautiful. The podcast like, where we're talking about makeup. That's all. I, I don't know. It's just that it, okay. things oh, that are good. With like, I was talking about okay, costumes okay. at Gladiator, for God's yeah. sake. Uh, what else you got, Tyler? Way too many lens flares in this movie. It feels like a fucking J.J. Abrams movie at some say, point. Yeah. So you've got these Star like, Trek long beams of light across the whole thing. It, it's so annoying. I, I mean, that's a director's choice, and they want to do it. Well, that's a trend, I mean, too, right? Personally, that's, yeah. That's, uh, Since like, like Star Trek, J.J. Abrams. Uh, but I just hate lens flares in general. And there's times where they do it. Like every other shot, you've got fucking lens flares taking up the entire. Uh, Tyler does get motion sickness easily. So it, I do get motion sickness <laughs> easily. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Last thing, it's uh, it's unrelated, oh, okay. non sequitur. Uh, this film, for some reason, when I put in the Blu-ray, I couldn't fast forward through the Mordecai trailer at the beginning, and that really pissed me off. That I had to sit through two minutes of the Mordecai. <laughs> but trailer. we should point out that you own the Blu-ray. <laughs> I like this movie. I don't, like, I don't even own the Blu-ray of this movie. Uh, wow, well, that's not a criteria for you, Sean. <laughs> I had right. to Amazon Prime it. Uh, he was going to ask me. Like a layman, like a layman. Do you not own it, Sean, because the characters aren't complex enough and there's not enough subtext and it's uh, only slightly humorous, like all the things you need in a good revenge film? I do realize now that I shouldn't have said that. But yeah. I'm going to say, based <laughs> on everything you've said and I've said, I, there should be no surprise that I put this movie higher than you. You cannot put this movie that high based on everything you've said. We're like brutal honesty? My own brutal honesty works against me? Tyler, it's God got damn. to. All right, Chris, I, I, can need I, ask to get, I need to get people back on track this episode. May I ask you a question, Chris? Yes, Tyler, of course. What don't you like about this film? I don't think it's effective when I hear the, the wife character narrating uh, the letter, <laughs> you know? Um, what they could have done is, uh, I think to, to a better degree, is actually just have like a voicemail or something that's just so random, that's just like, Hey, but I'm gonna be late. Uh, pick up the groceries, and then I'll like meet you for supper or something. Like I've that. seen that just as many times as I've seen the letter. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't. Know. I, I, I would have, I think, been more emotionally attached to something that's so grounded and like that we would have heard before, like so many times, instead of like, you know, they could have done it differently. Yeah, sure, sure. 
you Whatever. you've said this though. You've said it. Uh, well, then let's get right to it then, Sean, shall we? Um, we are doing the 2020 revenge draft. The ultimate test in friendship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> friendship. Uh, okay. All right. All right, Literally, Sean. I, like, I still guys, hate you. You're Shut pissed up. at me for having played it well. Like, I don't know what you're no. telling me, man. Sean, you're playing it so well. Your movie's going to be in last place, bud. Like, let's not... Like, I don't know what you're playing so well. What do you mean played it well, though, Sean? Like, you've said <laughs> a bunch of things about seven films and then just gone against everything you said. Yeah. Before I do this, can I just ask Tyler, can you read me the list as it stands right now? Yeah, sure can. So, uh, starting at number one, Once Upon a Time in the West, Straw Dogs, I Saw the Devil, Harakiri... Blue Ruin, Gladiator, and Munich. <sighs> okay. All right, this ain't easy. So, Sophie's choice. Three gonna, is I saw. I'm gonna prepare three, my calculator in preparation for. Three uh, is I saw the devil. Three is I saw the devil. Four yeah. is Blue Ruin. Four is Harakiri. Four is Harakiri. Uh, Five is Blue Ruin. And it's Gladiator. Yeah. No, her. Okay. I, I, I should literally just. I don't have the list in front of me, so I shouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> Here's the thing, yeah, clearly, clearly. If I'm being completely honest, and this list wasn't already looking the way it's looking, I would probably put this film at the five spot in terms of just overall qualities of film. Overall quality of film. If I'm being completely honest, that's where I would put this film right now, based upon our list right now. That's As where revenge, I would put this film. In terms of the revenge movie draft. Yeah. Here's my problem. Right now, we've got Once Upon a Time in the West number one and Straw Dogs number two. These two films are undeniably great films. They're great films. They're not great revenge films. You know? well, okay. So, so I'm imploring you guys. I'm you can. You absolutely can when I'm finished. You absolutely yeah. can. Okay. You have the thing from the Lord of the Flies. I'm imploring Tyler. I, I'm imploring Tyler because that's ultimately what it is. Because obviously Chris isn't going to go against himself. He's just not. That's not how the game is played. I'm, it makes sense. I've already I'm decided. Tyler. I know you've already decided. But I'm imploring you, we cannot have Once Upon a Time in the West. No, you can't do that, Sean. Okay, I'm gonna, I am going to so stop wait, you. I'm not, you're not, plotting you're against not me. Yet. Because you're literally plotting John against me from in front of my very eyes. <laughs> number two. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Because we cannot put Once Upon a Time in the West that's and Straw Dogs at one and two on our list and call it a revenge. Moving thing. forward, that, that shit's it. illegal. Moving and forward. And retain integrity. Next time, that shit's illegal. I am imploring Tyler right now in this moment in time to break up the one and two spot as it stands right now because they're just not great revenge films. They are great movies. There's no doubt about it, but they're not great revenge films. And if we need to have some integrity to this list, this is really our last chance because the next movie is a value of violence. I, I'm sorry. I know Chris is already going to go against me because of everything else I've said, but I got to say like it. Donald Trump, violence. you know that? A value of violence is a good movie. Fake votes. It doesn't deserve Everything up to now list. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. And Tyler is going to learn that next week when he watches it or whatever he's going to watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited to watch it. It's, uh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. There are better than John Wick. Good movies in this list. No, it's not better than John Wick. Yes, it's it not better than 100%. John Wick. It I can't wait for you to not. see it. I can't wait for you to see it, uh, Tyler. I'm excited. It's the first time we've covered something I haven't seen. Are you sure you want me to go next, Chris? I do. I do. Okay. I feel a lot... Wait, wait. Can I step in for a second? 
Chris, for dramatic effect, and I already know Tyler's not going to agree with me anyway, but it doesn't matter. But for dramatic effect, I think no, you no. should go next. I think no, Tyler's no. like the I know one how to pull it off. Because I've made this whole passion. I know how to pull it off. I know how to pull it off. Can I say with Sean, I agree that it should go. You should go next. Although we have to start over again. Okay. So Tyler, where do you put? Where do you put 2014's Sean Wick, Keanu Reeves, on our? I appreciate uh, I appreciate Sean imploring to me, but I'm a big boy. <laughs> I make my own decisions, so I yeah. tuned him out completely. I, I, I had no idea until Sean told me that, too. I just muted him, basically. Yeah. Uh, I feel much... I'm going to just ditto a lot of what I said about the Blue Ruin episode. I like John Wick a lot, but there's nothing as iconic or cool in it as there is in Once Upon a Time in the West, but it does have a lot of rewatchability factor, and it's a super fun film to watch. Going into this podcast going into this series i thought it would be somewhere in the top three i'm gonna keep it there i'm gonna put it in number two john wick so it's going in number two then i don't know if it matters anymore but where would you place john wick (laughs) 